Hello, and welcome to the Cultura Inglesa podcast. Last year, we discussed food during a quarantine that was necessary due to COVID-19, like what is happening right now. So this month, we're going to see where food will take us around the globe. I'm Bernardo Zaccaron, a foodie and a teacher at Cultura Inglesa. I'm Ruben, and I wouldn't describe myself as a foodie, more as a sampler of food, okay? I'm also a teacher at Cultura Inglesa. And this is Cultura Inglesa's weekly podcast. Hello, Ruben. Hello, Bernardo. How are you? I'm fine, and you? Great, thank you. Doing well, doing well. Good. Well, being safe, I, yes. I assume, right? That, that's perfect. That's perfect. So, as I said, we're going, to, we're going around the globe. We've been to two different places right now. Uh, and Ruben comes from a very wonderful place that one day I'd like to visit. Uh, so, okay, Ruben, where are you from? So, I'm from the lovely, lovely shores of Australia. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I do want to go there someday. Make sure it's on your bucket list, okay? It has to be on your bucket list for sure. Really? Uh, oh, really? I mean, you're from the country. <laughs> you must love it, right? One of the things that I, I'm really curious about uh, uh, is, uh, I mean, how long have you been living in Brazil? So now it will be coming up this year, nine years. Nine oh. years in Brazil. So the time has flown. It's quite, uh, looking back at, feels like Kelani arrived here, but I arrived here in 2012. So and uh, if, you, if you don't mind asking, if you don't mind me asking, of course, why did you come to Brazil? <laughs> well, I fell in love, okay, with a Brazilian girl uh, I, who I married, okay. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting. Yes. We chose the other way. So instead of where we met in Australia, Okay. But instead of staying in Australia, we, we, we did the opposite. We came. We, we, well, for her, she moved back and I immigrated here. Uh, and simply because of, I think, two or three main points. Hmm. First, novellas. Oh. She, she was missing her, her daily intake of novellas. <laughs> and until this day, I cannot understand it. Uh, secondly... The, the the hair salons here and the beauty products here. So okay. she was missing that. And thirdly, the food. Oh. She, she really was missing food back here in Brazil. So. But, and, and, but before you met her, have you ever had any uh, contact with Brazilian food or Brazilian culture? Yes, I, I had contact with friends. Who, who obviously uh, Australia is, a, is obviously a draw card for many young Brazilians as well. Mm -hmm. So yes. temperature uh, with the beaches and so forth. So you'll find there are a huge amount of Australian, sorry, Brazilians studying there. So I was able to uh, mingle with the culture and try, and I tried feijoada. Mm -hmm. really in, in Australia, yeah, yeah, the ingredients are not so easy to get hold of. Yeah, I can imagine. But, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but um, what you what you can do in some of the Asian supermarkets, uh, you're able to find some products there. 
Uh, and funnily enough, uh, in Australia, you're able to get Guarana, which I was able to sample there. Really? But, yeah, but it doesn't come from Brazil. It actually is um, manufactured in Japan. So Japan is always a, a, a place <laughs> where you can find everything. Yeah. yeah. So we obviously have close proximity to Asia. Um, the, the, the drink is sourced from there and, and imported. So uh, these were my first experiences. So Guarana and Feijoada. Uh, and I remember my first experience with Feijoada. Super heavy, the food. I, I felt uh, the, the necessity to, to lay down <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I need the yeah. hammock. In, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But I, do you know what? I think my favorite part was the the the, the slice of orange that they it, had it, to, to break or break down the the fat. That's yeah, yes, yeah. we, we do it. So I really, yeah, I always remember that the last part was to, to finish off with the, the oranges, a slice of orange, uh, which was amazing. But yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And, and to this day, I still love Eduardo. So. Wow, amazing. Well, who does that, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's interesting that Feijoada evolved into a, a, a dish that can be done uh, with whatever you have. So it can be vegetarian, it can be vegan, it can be like real feijoada with meat. So everybody can have a taste of it. It's not like yes. something that is too compartmentalized into one uh, part of society, like only carnivores will eat that. But everybody it's can have a taste and it's interesting. So, you, and interestingly enough, all people I have talked to in this podcast that came from another country so far, have came here and have stayed here because of love. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so you see food and love, they they go together. They do, they do. <laughs> oh my. Uh, and, and, and it keeps us together, right? Food and love as well. Yes, so, of course, because yeah. people say you, you, you fall in love with the person, but uh, uh, to actually, to really, really, you know, <laughs> be with someone you have to get the person by the stomach exactly and but in a funny story um my wife is probably going to kill me for saying this but, um very first attempt she wasn't she, she didn't have any notable skills at the time when we okay. met uh, this was uh, 10 years 11 years ago um her first attempt at cooking something for me was microwave popcorn which she burned. <laughs> I don't judge her. I don't judge her. I don't know how to make brigadeiro. And <laughs> but but now, ten years on, she she would have to be um, uh, one of the best cooks I know. So along with her mother, so uh, in this is this what a difference it makes. This so uh, it's interesting to see the how she evolved and then with the cooking and the experimenting with the food. So her first try was a disaster. And I, I, I really can't comment because I'm, I'm not a great cook myself, so. Yeah, but you're a sampler and that's something good. Exactly, I'm a sampler. <laughs> <laughs> People are probably asking uh, what does that mean, what that means though. What is, what is a, a sampler? <laughs> 
because, yeah, I, I thought of this, and, and when I heard you say foodie, I because I I can't be critical of other people's food, and I think a foodie notoriously is critical of another person's food. They can be, they can be critical. Um, yet uh, for me, as I'm not a cook myself, I I, I wouldn't dare criticize someone's food directly to them that's why I, I consider myself a sampler because i would at least try the food i'm, I'm not a person that says no i'm not going to try this uh there's no way uh, for instance um chicken hearts right Ooh. i've tried them i didn't like them okay, okay? but I, I sampled them and do you see what i mean so this is what i'm this is what i mean by a sample i'm a person who likes to experiment different types of food but in the same case uh, there are things that i there are limits yeah I, I think i think as a uh, it, it's a really good definition like you're not the kind of person who says probably you're probably not the kind of person who says i don't like that but you've never tasted it exactly Exactly. So you, you do have, a, 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 let's say, background knowledge about it. <laughs> you exactly. at right. Exactly. Yes, that's it. And this is something interesting uh, uh, when it comes to food, because most people nowadays say, I don't like this or I don't like that. And then you act, when you actually ask the person, like, have you ever tried eggplant, for example? And I say, no, never. And then you go, okay, how come you say you don't like it? since you've never tasted and well yeah i uh, i think it always starts it always starts with sampling food and then you see exactly. what you like what you don't but well i'm assuming your favorite brazilian dish is feijoada am i wrong uh it's not my favorite i i would say it's not my favorite um Look, I've learned and, and I'm trying to perfect. I've realized this since coming to Brazil, um, the art of barbecuing. Oh. Uh, because in Australia, we are really, we're not sophisticated at all with this <laughs> technique. Uh, and it's and it's an art. And, and, and it, 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 it uh, dedicate, you need to dedicate a lot of your time to preparing, to waiting, to changing, selecting the different cuts of meat or chicken or whatever, mm -hmm. or, or vegetables and so forth. Uh, so it, it's certainly an art and the heat and how long something stays on, applying salt on the top. I don't know if uh, any of you have ever experienced an Australian barbecue, but it's some, somewhat disappointing. Why? Uh, we, we don't really experiment with the cuts of meat. So, okay, the, the typical might be, uh, as we call it, a snag. So it's a, a sausage, okay? okay? Processed sausage, nothing delicious. It's, about it's something it. similar, just to make uh, uh, our audience and people listening to us realize it's something similar to or close in, in meaning to a hot dog or no? Yeah, more or less. More, more or less. It would be. It would be this. Um, probably in the same uh, diameter, size. Um, mm -hmm. Very uniform, as you would see a hot dog here. Mm -hmm. Maybe with a little bit more fat inside it. So okay. this would be. We do this over gas. Okay. We generally, we might have one cut of meat. 
the pending, right? You, we have the rib rib ribeye fillets, which is we would consider to be the bit more tender cut of meat. We have the T-bone type, which tends to be a, a little bit drier than the rib ribeye. Um, so we generally have at least two cuts of meat. Sometimes we might have chicken as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's limited. And the fact that a gas barbecue, the whole process can be over in 15 to 20 minutes. Yes. So literally it's bang, finished, over. So uh, I, I realize the difference here between Brazilian and Australian barbecue. There's a whole ritual. There's a whole experience mm-hmm. involved. Um, the, the, the person who's uh, cooking the barbecue will spend at least two, three hours preparing, cooking, and serving sometimes mm-hmm. this here. And, and, and I, I don't know in Australia, but here uh, the concept of barbecue involves a lot of things. Not only like preparing, cooking, and serving, but people around and having fun and uh, a family time, a quality time together with people. So there are there are many variables to the equation. Uh, is that is that the same idea that you have in Australia or no? Well, I, I think it, depending on the situation, uh, I, I don't think we appreciate the food. Okay. I, as, as you do here. I think there's a whole appreciation of the food. Um, for instance, we would probably consume the food in a much shorter period of time. So it feels like, and there's no, I, I feel, I, I, I don't know if I'm disrespecting it at all the Australian culture, but there's no respect for the person preparing the barbecue. Do you see? <laughs> okay, I get it. So okay. it's like, oh, okay, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same. So here we, we kind of critique whoever is performing the barbecue here. And we're always asking for information about it as well. So this is the thing that we um, are always experimenting here with, with and, and, and I think this is the part that I like, I love the most about the Brazilian barbecue. It is cultural, it is an experience. Um, not everybody eats meat, but everybody is part of the process mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and I feel that this is kind of lost and, and the food isn't really uh, save it for what it for what it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think this is great here in Brazil. Yeah, and, and as uh, barbecue is something cultural, uh, you have different ways of preparing it and uh, reasons why you're preparing it. And, and, and that made me think about Australia in a way because uh, we are massive countries, right? Australia and Brazil, of course. I know Brazil is larger, but Australia is, you know, monumental. And here in Brazil, we have different variations of food and uh, people prepare food. I mean, the same food, but with different ways, in different ways. Does that happen in Australia as well? Do you have this regional variation or not? I was thinking about this, and I, when we, when I'm talking about dishes, I don't think there is regional dishes. But what I think about is I think about the production of the food. So hmm. as you as you can appreciate in Australia, it is a very dry country. 
so if you were to consider, for instance, the, the, the northern part of Australia, so from Brisbane up to Cairns, up to the Northern Territory, and in the centre part of Brazil, uh, these conditions for growing agriculture, sorry, growing, not no, for farming agriculture, mm-hmm. and for growing uh, fruits and, and, and vegetables, it's not a great climate for this. So mm-hmm. if you were to come further south uh, into Sydney, into Melbourne, Adelaide, and Tasmania, so Tasmania receives a lot of rain. So these places here are notorious for, for instance, cheese, mm-hmm. dairy products. Uh, so that they're very famous here. If you were to look in uh, South Australia, which includes Adelaide, they're very famous for great wines, um, great organic products. Uh, they, I think for me, the, the, the states that really experiment and really have mastered uh, food is in Adelaide, Melbourne and Sydney. So this is where all the foodies would live and they have access to ingredients and suppliers that create products. So mm. you'll notice that there's a lot of experimentation with foods um, from Asia, from Europe, uh, from the Middle East. Uh, and there is an abundance of this type mm-hmm. of small companies making these uh, types of products. Um, where I'm from in Brisbane, uh, obviously we have access to this, but we don't really have a particular cuisine. So we would more be inclined towards food from the sea. So seafood, fish, this is what we're more famous um, for in this, and, and, in this respect. Is there anything that you miss, honestly, in terms of food? Oh. Because we Brazilians, when we when we immigrate, uh, we, we are the kind of, oh, I miss uh, rice and beans, I miss a barbecue, or I miss farofa, in a way. Is there anything that you miss? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this now, and um, there are things that I miss, but only for the taste of it. So, for instance, in our culture, it's quite common for us to eat meat pies, which is... Uh, just for those that don't know, it's it's a pastry. So on the outside, it's a pastry, and inside it has a meat filling. So you might put beef stewed together with some vegetables. Uh, if, if, if we if we compare to what we have here, it would be something similar to impacto, right? Exactly. It's similar, not exactly like that, but it's similar. I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. yeah so 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 this is one. One particular product that I miss. I thinking about other things. I think common things. For instance, uh, you might think I'm crazy, and I've um, allowed my students to experiment. But I, I Vegemite. Vegemite. <laughs> yes. Vegemite on toast. Yes. Yes. Um, why? I mean, why? I do that. I basically for, for for anybody listening to us, it's a kind of yeast paste, right? I yeah. tasted it once and I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seems to be the experience for most people. <laughs> yeah. um, everybody hates it, while Australians love it. I, I, I really can't explain why. I, I think um, it's something that as a child we were, we were accustomed to. Um, okay. 
So in our culture, it's it's quite common for breakfast to to eat bread. So we normally mm-hmm. toast the bread, and I think this is the secret. And and, and you you have to be very careful. And the, I taste I taste Vegemite with uh, uh, graham crackers. Maybe that's what that was uh, my mistake. Yes, this is one of your mistakes. <laughs> I, I would say. Put it on a on a on a thick slice of toast, so so a white bread, brown bread here, okay. and the most important thing is to layer the the bread with butter, but with it has to be generous generous amounts of okay. butter, okay, and then lightly spread the Vegemite over. So be very careful not to layer with Vegemite, okay. So, so sometimes I know where I made a mistake here. Yeah. Uh, some people do. They layer it with the Vegemite, but the secret is just to lightly spread it across. Uh, so, so you don't get, as you would have experienced yourself, uh, a salt explosion in your mouth. Exactly. It would have been, yeah. So this is this is my recommendation here. I, I did. And, also uh, when uh, I, can we can we find Vegemite in Brazil? No, no, uh. I, I have not. I have not found it yet. <laughs> Um, but interesting enough, if you if you ever travel to England, uh, you can find it there in England. Um, some of your uh, some of the people might be familiar with marmite, uh, which yeah. originated from England. The marmite, if I if you were to make a comparison, I would say that marmite is a little bit sweeter in taste, okay. and then and Vegemite is yeah much more saltier. Yeah, so, it's interesting because you were describing the way you eat Vegemite and then I was thinking uh, the way I eat jelly because I don't like mm, sweet things and that's okay. what I usually do. I get a toast and I spread butter and then I spread jelly on the butter because then I have a balance of sweet and sour. Maybe that's what I should have done but I, you know, I, it, it happened in culture English. I actually, one of the teachers traveled to London and brought it here And then we were very excited, and everybody was making faces right afterwards, like, "Oh my God, why?" <laughs> it's a great, it's a great potty trick for for experimenting with your students culturally. <laughs> yes, I, and the, my my own. And this is something be- beautiful about traveling. This is something I really, really like to do. Uh, whenever I travel, I try to eat local cuisine and things that people eat there. It's not like, okay, I'm going to eat hamburgers forever. No, but I search before traveling and uh, mm. um, and like, what can I eat in Australia that only locals eat? And uh, and that leads me to my next question because Australia is known for, as you said, different animals and many, don't take this the wrong way, weird things related to, especially nature, right? Like big <laughs> animals and Uh, uh, very dangerous creatures, uh, but uh, uh, something that uh, came up in my research was kangaroo pizza. Yeah, I, I've heard of this. Wouldn't be something that you would encounter uh, in most places. I uh-huh. think this may be maybe a store that specializes in in variants of pizza here. Mm. And I always am a little skeptical to talk about this subject here, but. Uh, in Australia, yes, we do eat kangaroo meat. No, but and... not, I, this, my question was not, it's completely not judgmental because uh, this uh-huh. is this is an, an animal that is part of the country and don't, 
please, people, listeners, don't take this the wrong way. People have to eat sometime, <laughs> and right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you can actually, yeah, kangaroo meat uh, it can be brought in supermarkets. Um, I, I would describe it um, as we would call it game in English. So when we talk about game, we talk about that because the animal lives in the wild, mm -hmm. um, the muscles, is uh, they're very strong. So uh, it has a tough appearance to it. So it's not something that is succulent or something that is really juicy it, it mm -hmm. really you really have to chop down hard on this on, on this meat here uh, and it's so it's a it's a darker type of meat i liked it i liked it uh do i eat it frequently no but mm -hmm. um you, you do encounter it here i think i it's interesting to try this on a pizza i, I, I would be interested to see how it was made on a pizza yeah there. And if you think about uh, Brazil as well, we we have diff we have animals that people don't consider eating, like uh, tortoise, for example. In the north part, in the northern part of Brazil, is something people eat. I've eaten it uh, without knowing. <laughs> you know, I wasn't. Mm. A, 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 uh, my parents have a, had a couple of friends, and they lived in kind of a, a a barn in the middle of the forest, and we were there, and it was lunchtime, and yeah, uh, we started eating. I noticed that that the meat we were eating some kind of a stew, a meat stew, and I noticed that every time I, I would bite the meat, uh, it had some kind of a sandy texture. You know? Wow. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird, but it was delicious. It was really well prepared, and I remember it vividly. And then after we finished, everything was done. We had dessert, proper like ice cream. <laughs> boring dessert, you know, <laughs> ice cream for dessert. And then somebody mentioned that we were eating tortoise and turtle. Um, uh, uh, and I was like, I was feeling bad inside. I was like, I was eating a turtle. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but it's part of a culture the same way. And, and the same thing happened when I ate alligator. And again, I lived in, nor in the north of Brazil for many years. So I ate many different things. Uh, some I would, some of them I would really like to forget, but because <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, but I'm like you. I'm a foodie and I'm a sampler. I taste things. So yeah, it, I don't know. I tried crocodile in Australia, and it had the chicken texture. I don't know if the the alligator. Yeah. So I, I was surprised with with the with the taste of, of crocodile, and I, and I think that's important because um, culturally. We have to remember, uh, Australia was also inhabited by Aboriginals. Yes. And they still retain a lot of their culture in Australia, especially those that live outside the large cities. So uh, as, you, as we were talking before, Australia is home to many uh, weird animals and, and bugs <laughs> insects yes. and that. And they're actually part of their Cuisine. So I personally haven't. Uh, we have a term in Australia where we call it bush tucker. Uh, tucker is for food. So these the, the, the inhabitants, they are Aboriginals, uh, are specialists in catching these types of insects or animals that, not in general sense, they may not appear to be appetizing, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it's part of the culture. So, 
and I, and I, given the chance, I, I would not say no. I, as I said, I would sample it if mm -hmm. I liked it. Like in your case, I would prefer that at the end of the meal, after eating the delicious ice cream, that they tell me they revealed what exactly. I was eating, as opposed to beginning, <laughs> beginning the dinner like with leave the... it in the dark, right? <laughs> exactly. It's too late. <laughs> yeah, you've done it already. So what are we gonna do, right? But yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think that it really makes sense to me now that when I was researching. I saw that Australia has a lot of influence from Asian cuisine. You guys are neighbor, neighboring continents. And when you think of China, for example, uh, you think of those market places full of scorpions and uh, crickets and, you know, whatever insects you can name. Um, it makes sense because you're part of, um, let's say, a corner of the world that makes use of that as, uh, uh, as a civilization, I would say. And yeah, I agree with you. And, and as I stated at the beginning, I think this is something uh, as a country, we're very young. So we're just over 200 years established as a country. So we, we really don't have a lot of history uh, when we compare to other countries. So you would be surprised, but we have a strong Asian community. We have a strong Greek community. We have a strong Lebanese community, Middle, Middle Eastern. So, and this uh, is represented in the foods that we eat. And, and it's interesting that you say that because uh, when you consider Australia, Australia is an isolated island. Our closest neighbor is New Zealand, which is three hours flight. But when you consider that, for instance, Asia is about nine hours, for us, this is very close. This is very close for us. It's 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 on our doorsteps, we say, and in this case here. So uh, we have a strong influence of Asian food. Uh, the Vietnamese food is amazing. Um, the Korean food is amazing. The Indian food, Chinese food is amazing. I think something that is interesting that when I compare our Japanese food, I think we are really lacking our Japanese food. When I compare it here to St. Paulo, mm -hmm. I, I think we still have, uh, a, a, I would say, a Western culture related to Japanese food. Mm -hmm. But Korean, Indian, it's all pretty much authentic in this sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and fresh and mixed with hot spices, uh, mixed with variants of different types of meat or mixed for soups and, and lots of vegetarian type dishes, mm -hmm. which is fantastic, tofu and, 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 and all these soy products here. Yeah. So it, it's sometimes um, unknown the impact that the immigration um, has had on Australia, because as I said, we are a young country. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't have a strong identity. Okay. And obviously we're uh, we a lot of us immigrated from the the UK, uh, so uh, we are a part of the Commonwealth. So we we have some traditions from from England, but really, when we're talking about Australian cuisine, maybe we lack a little okay. bit in other countries, such as other countries. And maybe maybe it's a, something that you guys, uh, as a country, will build with time. As you said, you are. 200 years old uh, uh, that is that are a lot of influences 
uh, from around. And uh, uh, I think generations of after generation after generation build something new. You know that that's what I that's my take on that. And yeah. uh, um, I do think that as a as a nation as a country, you guys are going to build something interesting. Yeah. Uh, but can you tell our listeners uh, something? Uh, uh, that we can search on the internet or uh, that you can teach us very quickly uh, how to make. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <clears throat> this, as, as you told me before, you don't really like sweet stuff, but I, I'll, I'll share with you something that I have made, attempted to make here. Okay. I, still, I still haven't mastered it. And, and, and it's an interesting story. It's, it's quite polemic because uh, there is discussions that this dish that is very famous in Australia actually belongs to New Zealand, but in the real history, it came from Germany and from the US. But there is a, a kind of a war okay. between the country. There is a I geographic, yes. geopolitics war over there. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so the name of the, the dish is called uh, Pevelova. Okay. okay. And what essentially it is, um, it is a meringue base. So uh, for those that have attempted to do meringue base, I, I, I try. There, it's, it's, there's a special technique. It's the amount of air that you whip up in, in the egg whites. And yes. you have to be careful not to mix it. You have to get the right temperature. Uh, you mix it with some sugar where you create a kind of a in most cases it turns out to be a lump but if you're a professional you can get it to turn out to be a circle <laughs> yes and, and there's a, there's a secret to it too you have to add um vinegar i think it's vinegar and i think it's vanilla essence uh i forget but there's one other ingredient but the the vinegar oh, and baking soda, vinegar baking and baking soda, soda. Yes, because baking soda helps with that when actually it reacts with the vinegar and then it gets bubblier in terms of exactly, yeah. exactly. And it also leaves the outside, um, it leaves it with crunchy. Yes. So that's the idea soft inside, fluffy inside, and on the outside, it should, should be crunchy texture to it. So we do that. And then we cover it with cream. So you, you, we, we whip the cream, we cover it here. And we're very lucky in Australia, we have some great fruits such as kiwi fruit. We have, for instance, strawberries, delicious sweet strawberries. Mm -hmm. So you layer the meringue as the base, you layer it with the cream. You can put on your favorite fruits, kiwi fruit, strawberries, blueberries and it's a delicious dessert to have in warmer climates it's very very light this is something that i've tried to make here three times with some success okay uh, yeah, but it's a difficult dessert if you if you haven't <laughs> done it right the first attempt i would certainly give you a diploma because that's okay <laughs> That's really I, difficult. I, I appreciate that, yeah, because it, 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 does, it does require a lot of skill to do this. Yeah, technique, you need technique and everything. So, uh, well, Pavlova it is. So uh, if you guys want to check it out, you can search for it. There are many recipes online or you can follow uh, Ruben's instructions. And remember, if you make them, uh, you can tag us on Instagram, uh, uh, Ruben, me, 
and Kultur uh, Inglesa as well. Well, Ruben, <laughs> thank you very much for taking us to Australia. My pleasure. And I hope you continue, you know, sampling a lot of food here and there. I will. This is the word to sample, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, again, thank you very much. And to everyone listening to us, we'll see each other next week. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for new chapters of the Cultura Inglesa podcast.